please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. Hello, this is Greg McIntyre with McIntyre Elder Law, and this is the Elder Law Report uh, video blog and podcast. Uh, very glad we have something. I have something very special for you today. Uh, something that's very near and dear to my heart, um, as well as. Uh, just goes right along with what we've been really focusing on lately, which is veterans. Um, you may know that I'm a, I'm a veteran myself um, and spent four years in the Navy. Uh, absolutely enjoyed it, uh, loved it. Um, uh, you know, have a lot of, I guess my dad was in the Navy station in San Diego, just like I was. And um, I had a grandfather that was in World War II. And I have an interview for you today with my grandfather. My grandfather passed away when I was 13 years old, but I was extremely close to him. J.C. Horn was his name. Stood for Jonathan Chivis, but the doctor only wrote J.C. on his birth certificate, so everybody called him J.C. Okay, nobody called him Jonathan Chivis. So, so I knew him as J or J.C. Papa J was what I called him. Everybody knew him as J or J.C. And uh, you know what we've been doing lately uh, is working on aid. Uh, in attendance uh, for veterans and other veterans' benefits. We're uh, getting software in-house that allows us to process the aid and attendance applications in-house and submit it through the local VA representative who we'll work very closely with um, uh, and in your county. And um, VA aid and attendance is a program where you can get um, uh, a monthly benefit for a veteran who has to have day-to-day -day care. Um, there are certain qualifications for that. Uh, doctor has to uh, see that he meets uh, certain ADLs or certain qualifications. Uh, but it's you know a benefit of say up for approximately $2,500 per month maximum for a veteran. Uh, you know maybe $1,500 a month for the spouse of a veteran is available. Um, also available for the widow or widow you know or uh, for the spouse of a, a deceased veteran. Uh, also available, a uh, little lower income rate there, but still available to supplement monthly income to provide for care either for the veteran or the veteran's spouse. It's a little known benefit. Um, I've been blogging about it and talking about it lately. Um, and, uh, you know, there's an asset level that you have to be at. Uh, rule of thumb is below $80,000. We believe it's really around $20,000. And there's a way to get there. Um, uh, you know, under the rules to still qualify and uh, and maybe uh, uh, reallocate some assets so that uh, so that you can uh, well so that we can position things correctly. You can make smart decisions when doing that. So uh, and still enjoy the benefits of the extra income. So uh, you know, if you if you're a veteran, you have to serve 90 days during a wartime um, situation, which could be the Korean conflict. There's a uh, blog on my website that has the link to the document on the VA's website, uh, the PDF on the VA's website that lists all the different wars and conflicts which would allow a veteran to qualify. I would qualify because I was in during the window for the Iraq War, um, and um, um, so I, and I was in more than 90 days during that window. Uh, so that would qualify me for aid and attendance should I ever be in that position. And it would qualify my spouse as well. Um, even if I passed away, she'd still be eligible for that benefit through me. Um, so veterans need to know that. On that note, without further ado, I want to 
let you hear an interview, a short interview I did with my Papa Jay, who was a veteran of World War II, was 18 uh, when he went in uh, over there and uh, served in the European conflict marching into Germany, starting out from the Battle of the Bulge, okay? And he was a machine gunner. He, he used a World War I machine gun that fired a 30 caliber bullet uh, that was slower, he says, than the German machine guns, would fire slower in succession of rounds, but was extremely accurate. And you'll hear him say you could drop one in their pocket, okay? Um, and he would set up over towns and provide cover fire, really chew up a town with a three-man machine gun crew he was with. They'd divide up the gun and all carry it in packs with all the ammunition um, and march through Europe, uh, taking over towns and collecting German prisoners at the time. It's what they were doing and how the German prisoners um, really wanted to surrender to the American soldiers or the Allied soldiers as opposed to surrendering or being captured by the Russian soldiers. Because, as you may know, you know the R Russians lost uh, a, a heck of a lot of people in the German conflict, uh, I guess, when Germany trying to push into Russia and burn cities and would retreat and lost you know, over a million people, I think, uh, just in that World War II conflict alone. Uh, so the Russians weren't too keen on treating the Germans well if they captured them. So he says that, you know, you'd meet the commanding officer of the German troop and they'd just motion them to the back of the line. Uh, the Allies would, wouldn't have to even, uh, you know, do anything with them. They'd just get a line and start marching behind them uh, because uh, they were just ready to give up and they wanted to surrender to the Allies as opposed to the Russians because they knew what the Russians would do to them, essentially, and how they'd treat them. So uh, uh, just very interesting piece and uh, just in the spirit of... Uh, of being a veteran myself, of really having my head, you know, I've always found if I really start concentrating on something and looking at a specific area of law or business or anything else, everything else around me pops out. So I started searching for this old tape that I had of this interview, and then, uh, you know, it was on an old cassette, and the family needs to preserve this too so that we have it forever, because uh, he rarely talked about it, but he talked about it with me. And, um, um, and, and then, you know, we found the tape, and I converted it to digital, so now uh, I guess I have it for posterity. I've emailed it around to my family members and given it to them so they can keep it uh, in a lot of different formats and put it on CD or, or email it or listen to it on their phones, and, and I want to share it with you today. So here it goes. Enjoy it. Interview with J.C. Horn, World War II veteran. Thank you. It was December the 7th, 1941, on a Sunday morning. I was sitting listening to the radio. They broke in and said Pearl Harbor had been bombed by the Japanese. I, like most people, didn't even know where Pearl Harbor was. So they finally told me where Pearl Harbor was. Like I say, I was only 15 years old. I didn't think I'd have to, it never affect me that much. But before I knew it, I was 18 years old. I was 18 February the 24th, 1944. Two months later, I was in service. Went to Fort Bragg, was inducted, sent to Camp Plant in Florida. Took 16 weeks of basic training. Went to Camp McCall, Wisconsin. And on Thanksgiving Day of 1944, I boarded a ship for Europe. We didn't know where we was going. They didn't tell us till we got halfway across. 
So we landed at Bournemouth, England, a southern resort equivalent to our Miami of Florida. We stayed there right after Christmas and left for Lahore, France, and went from there to the Battle of the Bulge. And so we relieved another division, then we went to Luxembourg. From then on, we went into the Siegfried Line. And about uh, March, they started letting guys, one at a time in the company, get a pass right off the front lines. You had a choice of Brussels, Paris, or London. So I took four days in Paris and had to go right back on the front lines again. At that time, the war was winding down. The still war was on, going on by that time. But it wasn't that severe. And we started taking a lot of prisoners everywhere we went. We knew it wouldn't be long the war had been over then. And the war was over. A little later, in April. So, in the meantime, we started, they put us on uh, displaced persons camps, guarding them looking after him. Before we did that for, for about a month, then to my disbelief, they said we were going home. We were waiting to go to the Pacific to let, in the meantime, they dropped the atomic bomb in the Pacific. Right before we left to go to the Pacific, our orders changed and we got to go home after they dropped the bomb, the third bomb. I was very, very happy, and I got home, and I was about the happiest person in the world, I guess. I knew a little later I'd be getting discharged. Could you tell me about? Um, could you tell us about some of the things, like during the war, of what what it was about, and about all the things that were happening during the war, and what you were. And some of the things. I was a machine gunner, 30 caliber water, water, water coup, the same type they used in World War One. It didn't fire as fast as a German machine gun, but it was very accurate. You could pinpoint a target by going up a click, down a click, right a click, left a click. You could just about drop something in their pocket. You had every third shell would be a tracer. That's where you could see it glowed lit up and where you could see where you what you're hidden. It just looked like a stream of fire without every third tracer glowing like that. And uh, that's what we done mostly was infantry. Went right ahead of us and we sat down where we could give them cover and fire and shoot over their heads when like we was on a hill and they going down the valley. They take towns and we'd give them cover and fire like that. One person would carry the tripod, one the one the ammo you strapped on your back with a board with straps on it, and the ammo was on it. Two cases of ammo was on it, and the other one carried the, the machine gun. And when you had to mount the gun, one set one down, and we mounted that, and you'd be ready to fire in a matter of seconds. So that's what I done. 
can you tell us about them? Anytime they were actually machine guns, they were always catching a lot of mortar fire and artillery fire. So I had my helmet looked like it'd been hit with a hammer all over it. Where you duck down and shrapnel hit your helmet, you know. What if you hadn't been ducked down, why to watch you out? See, blast goes up like that. Then you hit the ground. If you don't hit it right on you, you're all right. You had AEAs coming in. You could hear they had a screaming sound. And you got to where you could tell exactly where they was going. If it got to a certain level, start fading away, you knew it was okay. If it got louder and louder, started screaming in, you know it was coming close. You hit the ground. You really hit the ground. You stayed there. Sometimes it knocked the tops of trees out and everything else all around you. Could you tell us about your foxholes and where you stayed during that time? Well, we had to dig the gun in every time. And especially at night, we'd have one on the gun hole. That's the squad. Had one on the on the gun all the time. And the rest of them slept. After you, after you spent two two hours on the gun, you'd go wake the next man. He'd spend two hours, you'd wake him up until he come around your turn again. Could you tell us some, uh, At night, when you would be on the gun, watching for something, it seemed like about every tree in the distance would move. You'd think it might be somebody, it seemed like you'd be watching that tree and it seemed like it moved. Near the end of the war, when we knew it was about over, it wasn't over, but we have met. Hundreds of German troops lined up with their commanding officer in front, walking right toward us give, to get up. We just motioned them on to the rear. We didn't have time to fool with them. Most of the time, the commander would be a general or something. They didn't want to be captured by the Russians. What would the Russians have done to them? They treated them very, very mean for the simple reason the Germans treated them that way. So they were very afraid of the Russians, and they needed to take their anger out on them, reprise them. Wait till it's too late, call McIntyre Elder. 